0: We're back with Jeff this time. How's it going, Jeff? Good, man. How you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Uh, You know, the season is uh, rolling on. And uh, I think I've said it before, but I love the autumn, but it always seems so brief and fleeting, you know? Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, I mean,
1: someone who grew up in New England, I distinctly remember you have October and some of November, and then it's a winter shitstorm until march or april and then you get another like month and a half where it's nice and then it's brutally humid and hot
0: yeah Now it's just I, this couple of months of just peaceful weather like beautiful colors and things like that and then it's just like gray desolation for the next few months after this yeah yeah it's gonna
1: take some getting used to for me this will be my first winter in quite a while you know i was up in l.a for you know forever and now uh, in Texas, well, while, while it's still warm, it's, uh, it's definitely cooling off. It rains more than I'm used to. And uh, for now, I'm still enjoying it. It's still kind of new to me, like this
0: kind of weather. But uh, we'll see. Right on. And, uh, you know, before we get going, I just want to uh, mention that once you're done listening to this podcast, you need to check out our, our brothers out there. Of course, we are talking about Horror Wolf 666, hosted by Brandon Legion. We have Into the Necrosphere, the best extreme music podcast I've ever—the only one I listen to—hosted by Jackie Smith. Wednesday, we have Everything Went Black, which is my flagship podcast that I started years and years ago before most people even knew what a podcast was. <laughs> mm-hmm. Of course, <laughs> Thursday—of course, Thursday is Necro Thursday. On Friday, we have Break the Apocalypse, featuring Mike's brother John Draper, and it's sort of a uh, you know whimsical comedic look at current events and other things culturally related. Sunday, the Lord's Day, we have Carl Hikara coming at you with blasphemy, esoteric, es- esoteric warfare, and the occult. And, uh, and I'm actually gonna be on a, an episode in a couple of weeks. Um, I've, I've been on a show before, but we talk about weird fiction and we're covering a Thomas Ligotti story coming up. And I'm not, gonna, not gonna tell you guys what it is, it's a surprise so yeah tell and, me off air I'll tell you off air what it is yeah and um so yeah that that's uh that's our our brothers out there make sure you subscribe to their shows after you listen to this one and uh yeah man it's been really cool like like getting to know everyone and some people we've met in, in you know in person like i met Brandon on tour earlier this year and uh it was really cool hopefully more to come so absolutely I, man have you checked out anything cool uh last couple weeks to Not much,
1: actually. I've been pretty busy, but uh, I wanted to say I'm still watching Interview with a Vampire. I only got one episode left. Okay. So uh, uh, I stuck with it, and uh, happy to say I I really like it. Like I I know I mentioned before, I'm not the biggest fan of uh, traditional vampires, and I'm not really familiar with Anne Rice's work, but uh, it's a really good really good show. It's kind of cool. They took that story and expanded it. It looks like they're probably going to take it into another season. Uh, You know me, I I don't think any TV show should run longer than like three, four seasons tops. You know what I mean? But uh, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, We also started watching The Watcher on Netflix. yeah, Mm -hmm. Right. Um, Really not far into it at all i um, didn't realize it's based on a true story so i'm very curious to see where it goes i don't really know anything about it other than everyone seems to be watching it or asking me if i've watched it so finally gonna dig in and uh and watch some of that
0: you know i, I know the uh, story actually because um it takes place in uh westfield i think which is like uh maybe two or three exits away from where i live right now And, uh, yeah, it's like a nice area. It's a nice, nice town. And, um, it, the next town over is Garwood, which is where uh, my Muay Thai gym is. So I'm up in that area quite a bit. And, uh, I found out about this, uh, urban legend or it's not even really an urban legend. It's actually a documented story of, of this, this kind of thing. So yeah, I want to check it out. I definitely do. I just haven't gotten around to it.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's so kind of one of those things where we're finally uh, getting around to it. And I um, also wanted to ask you I finished up that uh, series on on Shudder, the 101 scariest movie scenes or moments or whatever. Did, yeah, did you finish? I did. Yeah, what did you think of the final time? Were you uh, mostly in agreement or? No, not
0: really. Yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> uh, there's
1: a few things in there I thought, like, hmm, that's like, hmm, Train to on, huh, really? Okay, uh,
0: not,
1: not a movie I hated by any used, thought it was really good, but uh, top 10, yeah, I, 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 I wouldn't put it in my top 10, that's for sure.
0: I, I think that there was a lot of, uh, you know, nods to Annihilation, which I thought was not scary at all, like the whole movie. and uh... Love that movie. Yeah, I mean, I, I, uh, Rennie loaned me the uh, the the trilogy of books in one volume, and I haven't started reading it yet. Uh, I'll get to why I haven't started reading it yet because there's something in my my list I want to talk about real quick. And um, the movie was cool, uh, but it just wasn't scary though. It was like a conceptually cool idea, but I didn't really think there was anything particularly scary. You know what I mean?
1: yeah i that's I, I don't really think it was conceived as a horror movie though I don't know if that was its intention I think it was more of a you know, kind of like a um, sci-fi-ish little with darker
0: subject matter they also had a lot of a lot of love for that movie uh, which I didn't see I think Fede Alvarez did it It's um the guy abducts the woman and injects her with his jizz or something like that. Oh, know, yeah. That,
1: Don't breathe. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. I, I, I just am not interested in seeing that in film, but they gave a lot of props to that one, and I just find that to be kind of barely a horror movie, really. I, I didn't like it. Uh, uh, considering I saw it uh,
1: under a wave of a lot of hype, I expected a lot more. Went back and revisited it maybe a year or so ago. Yeah, and still found like it just didn't I don't know there's a lot wrong with it I, I, I didn't quite get the love for it myself
0: I mean that's a disgusting scene but like I, I haven't seen the movie yeah. so I don't know what the context is but uh I don't find that particularly scary you know what I mean yeah gross for sure yeah
1: <laughs> scary Yeah, exactly. you know I mean well
0: that depends you know
1: yeah I don't I don't personally don't think it's that scary but I'm sure some people would find that pretty pretty horrific I guess um but yeah, they, they, they definitely gave some love to some movies that I just kind of shrugged at, you know, like uh, Final Destination 2 and, and stuff like that. just I never really enjoyed those types of the horror movies that are just, uh, you know, clever ways of killing people. You know,
0: it's just a freak show. Like, it's got to be more than that for, for me to think it's good anyway. They did give a nod to Terrified, the uh, Argentine film that came out a few years ago
1: yeah they did yeah yeah did you like that
0: I did I actually liked that quite a bit. I gotta watch it again. I remember being kind of
1: lukewarm on him but they did have that I think it was the scene they showed on the show of the the dead kids sitting at the you know breakfast table that was that was really really unsettling.
0: I thought in general the film had a lot of good stuff uh, you know I was there was definitely some narrative uh shortcomings, but in general I thought. That, that ranked pretty high in things that I've seen that year. Mm, yeah, that's just a couple years ago, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah, um, yeah you know, I do love sh- list shows, and obviously their list isn't the definitive say-all. I mean, it's obviously, you know, Tastes
0: is subjective, and I'm sure they'll probably do another one next year, or I hope they do. Absolutely. Well, the, um, if they do one next year with this year's films, they're going to have quite a bit to choose from, really. Yeah,
1: yeah. It's been a mostly
0: pretty good year for for
1: for horror. Even um you know, it's kind of funny. The three of us did Halloween ends and uh was talking to a, a doctor yesterday and for, you know, check up, you know, it came up that I do a horror movie podcast and he brought up Halloween ends and he liked it. And he really yeah, he really liked it and he had a lot, a lot of like in- interesting points to say about it and uh I just recently watched the red letter media breakdown of the movie on YouTube. And you know, that movie might've been more clever than they gave it credit for. Like, I I still don't think it's good or completely successful, but I I like, like we mentioned, I think time is going to be very kind to that one.
0: You're probably right. I mean, I I think I covered, I mean, I, I didn't, I didn't hate it, but like, I thought, I thought there was promising things in there and it's probably in line with maybe some of the stuff that they talked about. But uh, yeah, in, in general, out of anything that's been made under that banner, I think this is one of the best things that has, has happened to that franchise in a long time. Yeah, because if you really think about it, outside of the
1: first two and you know three, obviously, uh, the rest of them are pretty bad. And uh, I thought Rob Zombie's take on it was mostly bad. Um, so, uh, you know, all, respect for swinging for the fences with uh, with a different idea, but... I'm curious what, what it's going to look like when I see it in like, you know, 10 years on when it's on like AMC, you know, on, yeah. on Halloween or so, you know, you know what I mean? Like, totally I, I, I might like it more, but yeah. What yeah. have you been checking out, Mike?
0: Well, I saw Pearl the other night.
1: Oh, yeah. Nice.
0: Yeah. What do you think? Uh, well, we're, we're, I'm assuming we're going to talk about it on an episode, but I, I thought it was the gone with the wind of horror films. So that's... <laughs> is an indication of uh, some of my feelings about it. And uh, yeah, I mean, it was, I think that Ty West is really, you know, getting into something with this trilogy he's doing, honestly.
1: Yeah, he's such
0: a talented filmmaker. And
1: uh, when he hits, he hits, man. Like, when he's on it, like, there's
0: almost no one better. And, And what I like about it, it's, it's a different vibe, like a totally different voice than X, you know what I mean? Totally,
1: yes. Yeah, That's that took me by surprise. I was like, right at the beginning, I was like, oh, he's, he's totally going for something completely
0: different. Yeah, and, and I really, really appreciate that. It's like very creative and like very, very, um, you know, it's not going for the obvious stuff, which I thought was really cool.
1: Yeah, yes. I'm excited to rewatch that. And uh, yeah, we, we definitely got to cover that one.
0: Yeah. I also saw Satan's Slaves Communion. Uh, it's the you know, the second installment of, this, of the of the sequel to Satan's Slaves, which is uh, the Jocko Anwar. Uh, you know, I think it's from uh, either Thailand or Cambodia, maybe somewhere in Southeast Asia. Okay. Excellent, excellent. Uh, I want to talk about it on the on the show, so I don't not get too too deeply into it. But um, sure. Anyone who's seen the first Satan's Slaves. The, the title is um is misleading i think because it's not necessarily. you you would satan slaves makes you think of like a sixties biker movie with like yeah uh, or like peter peter Fonda yeah like peter Fonda <laughs> or something but it's not it really isn't that it's a um it's a, a pretty cool like a cult horror film and there's a lot of cool like conceptual stuff that goes on in both of these you know so oh wow, excellent yeah and then just last night. At the recommendation of uh, our uh, quality control manager, Rennie, I checked out a, a film on Shutter called *Mandrake*, which is actually really good. Oh, yeah.
1: Oh, you know, yeah. I keep seeing that that ad. You know, I'm on Shutter all the time, so I keep seeing that one pop up. And uh, I was I was kind of curious if anyone's seen it. If it was, if it was you know worth the time to check
0: out. Oh yeah. And you're saying it is. It is. It is. And I, I'd actually like to talk about it too. It's like very atmospheric, kind of brooding. Uh takes place in in Northern Ireland, and it ties into uh-huh. a lot of the uh, folklore. I don't know if it's real or not, but they you know, <laughs> I, I none of the names and stuff rang a bell with me, so I don't know, but it's like there's definitely like a mythology associated with it. and um I yeah, yeah very cool, very cool and
1: uh, i'll uh, I'll watch it tonight and I'll text you yeah uh,
0: it'll it'll be a good diversion from what I'm normally falling asleep to watching, which is YouTube, oh yeah. Like, uh, yeah, you know, just like, uh, people hitting themselves in the face with uh, water, water pistols and things like that.
1: I somehow stumbled across like this, this, this uh, YouTube channel that is just this very angry, anti woke guy who's constantly going in on you know, Star Wars and this new Lord of the Rings show and Game of Thrones, and <laughs> just this whole angle as how everything's been ruined by diversity and wokeness and i'm just like man i I don't understand why anyone would devote this much time and energy to something that they don't like i hear you man. move move on dude yeah
0: (laughs) you know yeah it's funny man i I somehow avoid all that stuff on my youtube uh watching like i you know the stuff that gets up in my in my feed is generally not stuff that annoys me which i think is kind of cool yeah, usually it's, like, comedy or, you know, reviews of movies, things like that. Uh,
1: but, yeah, somehow I saw this. Maybe that's how cause they were reviewing a, a Marvel movie.
0: Yeah, and, actually, uh,
1: that's it, probably what it was, is, like, a movie review or something, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it's just, you know, yeah, I'm not the biggest Marvel fan. I, I didn't read the comics growing up or anything. And I just, just find that at least 50% of those movies are complete trash. But, yeah. uh I've the been checking out, of... I'm sorry, go ahead, man. What's... No, 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 go ahead, go ahead.
0: I've been checking out a lot of these, like, booktube um, channels. Like, I listen to uh, watch Michael K. Vaughn and uh, Criminale. And uh, they mm-hmm. both uh, cover, like, weird fiction and crime and comics and stuff like that. It's really cool. Uh,
1: yeah, so, so that's the good stuff.
0: Yeah. You know, I, I, I still
1: end up watching just dumb idiots ranting about, you know, fucking Spider-Man, <laughs>
0: you know? <laughs> Uh, I just want to mention a book uh, that I just started and I'm already like halfway done with it it's uh, the new Adam Neville book called The Vessel and uh, it's short it's like 165 pages long so I've been ranting about how great Adam Neville is over the last several years and um, he wrote The Ritual which is um, uh, David Bruckner directed that several years ago yeah and it was on, uh, on, on Netflix originals yes Um, yeah uh his book was amazing the movie was cool but didn't even scratch the surface of what he was doing in the book and i've been a fan ever since then and he is um really interesting writer in the vein of like i would say he kind of straddles folk horror and like weird fiction and uh you know none of his stuff is like straight up like slasher or or vampires or werewolves or any of that kind of stuff it's very much right this like unique voice, which is influenced by stuff like Lovecraft and like Arthur Mackin and you know just stuff like that. It's book is great so far.
1: Oh, awesome! I I just ordered a book recently uh, called Sellout. It's uh, about uh, all the '90s punk bands that got signed to uh, major labels. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm, uh, it, uh, I don't well, know. I think uh, someone, uh put it up on Instagram because they were interviewed. Because you know they also went through the major label ringer and that's uh, an era of music i find fascinating when uh you know green day got signed and sold millions of records everyone started getting snatched up around that time i'm sure you remember
0: oh yeah definitely that was definitely an interesting time in music yeah totally and some great bands
1: put out some of their best records on major labels and no one cared you know it just it didn't didn't catch on like like Green Day did and you know it's pretty obvious why these bands are a lot more complicated than a band like Green Day you know like shudder to think being on a major label makes no sense but yet they released one of the best records ever made in my opinion
0: yeah they they're a great band I used to really dig them I've seen them a few times over the years back mostly in the 90s and like you know actually all the times I saw them were in the 90s so yeah yeah, I would say yeah, because I think by the two thousands they were they were broken up. Another band that comes to mind from that era was uh Girls Against Boys. Yeah, great band. Yeah, which is like I, I like them more now than I think I did back then. And uh it was like a guy from Soul Side. They released a few records on Touch and Go, uh, and then got uh signed to a major and they kind of were like in this um like when I listen to them, I think of like bands like The Fall and you know Wire, mixed with uh, you know noise rock, maybe you know. Sure, big Joy Division influence too yeah. in that in the early days of Girls Against Boys. Definitely Joy Division, that kind of thing. And uh, yeah, yeah. But, uh, that was I always. Actually, it's funny we're talking about the '90s because the thing we're talking about tonight it's allegedly takes place in '99 so yeah
1: (laughs) yeah yeah see see how we were tying that in
0: there it's all this whole one big thing man so yeah 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 (laughs) (laughs) so uh yeah without any uh further delay uh the subject of this evening's podcast is vhs 99 the latest in the vhs franchise seems to be cranking these out man it shows (laughs) yeah Yeah. so just a couple of technical items here released in september 16th 2022 at toronto film festival and then october 20th 2022 as a shutter exclusive to the world it's 109 minutes and uh, a variety of different uh directors and you know script screenplay writers and producers are involved in this whole thing and that's where I kind of lost uh, interest in some of this stuff here. I guess we'll go, we'll mention who wrote and directed as we move through each one of these episodes here, uh, segments. Here. So be- before we get into the segments
1: themselves, uh, we did the last one on this podcast. It seems like, like, I don't know, a couple months ago.
0: It was this year. Uh, yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It feels really recent. So when this showed up, I was like, Oh, another one. Okay. Um, but the series in general, like, uh, I, I, were you a fan uh, of
0: these? The original, I, I think, the original two are, are, are pretty good. Yeah, the first two I really liked. You know what I mean? And, and I've never really been a fan of found footage. You know and uh, right. But the yeah. first two had a lot of really cool stuff in there, man. You know what I mean? There's a lot of interest. Sure. A lot of the some of the like Ty West, like guys like him, I think made made some uh, some entries into that.
1: He did. He did one of the better ones. Yeah, one of the better
0: one. ones. And there's a lot of guys, a lot of people now who are a lot of filmmakers that are definitely more in in the mainstream. That sort of got their start as doing the you know VHS type uh, entries. Yeah, totally. The series seemed to take a
1: weird turn in the third one, uh, which I thought was mostly bad, but it had a great segment by Nacho Vigilando, uh, the Spanish filmmaker who made the great, criminally underrated Time Crimes. Uh, I don't know if you've seen that, but man, that, that, you definitely got to check that one out.
0: Yeah, no, I've seen that.
1: Yeah. Um, and then, you know, yeah, with, with these last two, they seem to go even further in a different direction, kind of more leaning into the comedic aspects of, of, of the first two. Which, yeah.
0: mixed bag there, but yeah. <laughs> Well, well, one of my favorite, I think my favorite of all, everything that's ever come out under this moniker was the Safe Haven entry by uh, Timo Jajanto. Mm, Do you know that yes, one? Yes. That's like, uh, it's kind of Jim Jones-esque, you know, uh Oh, I mean, line.
1: Leaves and Bounds, that is above everything else in the series.
0: That could be its own movie. I, I would love to see to see a feature film following that storyline, actually. Absolutely.
1: Uh, so you just added another, because I think that's one of the longer entries of the whole thing. I think, you know, that one's at least a half hour long. I feel like you could make that a feature-length film easily, you know, keep it at like a, an hour and 20 minutes or something like that. Uh, but, uh, that. That one stood out to me the most still. Uh, I think each one has, each one of the first three had one that I was like, wow, that was great. You know, and, uh, you yeah, know, the last one had a couple okay ones, a couple duds, yeah. you know, and, uh, well, this one we'll, we'll talk about.
0: Yeah, there was uh, the, the the entry, the, the guard entry with the eye, you that weird eye.
1: Yeah, that was, uh, yeah, yes, yes, yes yeah. yeah. That, that one
0: was, yeah, that was fun. Or he plays, he's in the, he actually acts in it. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I kind of like, like that. like
1: some one. L.A. guy. Yeah, yeah, I like that one, too. That one has the, the zombie GoPro uh, yeah. segment in it, which, I, you know, not amazing, but, you know, clever, fun. Um, Two stands out to me as the best in this series, the most consistently good. I don't think there was one in there that was like a complete
0: dud or anything like that. <clears throat> yeah, so this brings us to the 99 entry. Now, let me ask you a question. Have you heard of any okay. of these people that are making, that have made these, these films? Like, do you, do you know, does any of these names ring a bell with you? Uh, yes, one does actually, Flying Lotus. Well, yeah, but I, I don't, I know that name, not from film though. Same. Yeah, actually the company I used to
1: work for in Los Angeles, uh, we worked with him, or not them, me. or I obviously I don't know goddamn thing about flying lotus's music um i guess i'm showing my age uh, but another one of our artists thundercat uh worked with uh did some stuff with flying lotus and i think that's how flying lotus got on my radar you know because see their t-shirts or hoodies around you know because i'd be transporting, transporting them from place to place um but th- yeah other than that no no the names really stood out to me as recognizable names which you know is fine Got to start somewhere, and like you said, like uh, a lot of these filmmakers get their starts
0: doing things like this. I just but, wanted to make sure that I wasn't like uh, completely, like you know, off out of touch with anything. You know what I mean? Because I didn't recognize uh, anybody. Oh, the last the people who did the last segment. I guess we'll talk about it more when we talk
1: about that one. They made a movie that's in Shutter right now. I think it's called Dead Can, or Oh yeah, yeah, just, yep, okay. Something like that, you know what I'm talking about? Okay, yeah, really bad yeah. At yep. Remembering things I've watched, apparently. Right. Um,
0: yeah. All right. So, so
1: I, 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 uh, I saw that after this. So.
0: Yeah. There. So there's a, just like all the other uh, entries into this franchise. There's a wraparound story. In this case, it's called Gawker's, and I got to be honest to you the so way that that one kind of weaved in and out and then became something, I thought was interesting. So we'll, we'll get to that. I thought that was kind okay. of compelling how they did it. You know, because originally, okay. at first, you're like, We're, there's all these, like, little green army men, and, like, what does this have to do with anything? You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, I didn't even catch it. That was part
0: of Gawker's. Oh, yeah, <laughs> really okay. Well, yeah. well, we'll get to it then, yeah.
1: All right, yeah, yeah. yeah good. Because I was, I, I was literally was going to start off with, what the fuck is this? Like, yeah, yeah, I didn't,
0: <laughs> didn't get why it was in
1: there. And I know the the other ones kind of have this like VHS lore uh, of these like, current, these tapes, you know, or what they are. They seem to have completely abandoned that with this one.
0: Yeah, that's gone. And, and it almost, I got to be honest, man, it feels like this new crop of uh, VHS collections is like going in a completely different direction and almost has nothing to do with the original few that came out.
1: Yeah, oh, yeah, totally, totally, totally going for uh, a different vibe, obviously going off of 90s nostalgia, which, you know, had to come eventually. You know, the 80s have been completely mined as far as that goes, so it's time to move on to 90s.
0: So that brings us to the first uh, entry, which is the short Shredding. Uh, Yes. Written and directed by Maggie Levin, okay, and it has to do with – I, I it took me about maybe ninety seconds to completely check out on this one.
1: <laughs> oh, you lasted longer than I did. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, this one man, I mean to to start the film off with this was an odd choice. And then by the time it was done, I said I thought including it in this anthology was was an odd choice. It's
0: really bad. And it was also, I mean, you know, you—we're both old men. We—the '90s was yeah. kind of our heyday in a lot of ways, you know what I mean? And like, you know, like it's been all downhill for me ever since uh, the new millennium started up, anyway. So, but the '90s—pretty yeah, much, yeah. I mean, the '90s were—we were you know, we were young, good-looking guys back then, doing cool stuff, and now we're just, you know, counting the days till the end right now.
1: <laughs> now so, we're doing a horror podcast. Now we're doing a horror podcast. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah but having Um, you know both of us have a lot of experience in this world that these this uh show takes this little entry takes place in of like this kind of uh you know diy punk rock hardcore world of bands and anti-corporation stances in music and that kind of stuff i gotta say none of these people seem like the kind of people that would be into this kind of thing at all like it seems very inauthentic to me you know what i mean
1: oh yeah absolutely like even like i mean so this is about a band that's talking about another band that had this disastrous show where everyone died and they splice in clips of the other band doing something that was called an epk i believe electronic press kid yeah which you know you and i both worked at newberry comics we saw a bunch of these things and the only bands that did shit like that were like major label bands. That's right. Yeah. I was <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Which kind of ties in what we were talking about before. And and their whole thing in this movie is like, oh, you know, we're DIY, dude, our corporations are bad. But I'm like, you wouldn't be doing one of these if, if you were actually what you said you were.
0: Yeah, that just wasn't the culture. You know, it was like zines and touring, like playing, you know, basement shows. You know, playing at like the uh, Harvest Food Co-op basement and things like that. You know, that it wasn't like about having high production EPKs, you know, demos, right. demo tapes, like that kind of thing. Yeah, I, I feel like they got that all completely wrong. Like when you said
1: it's inauthentic, I, I completely agree with you. Like, it's, uh, you know, you, you would see those EPKs for bands like, you know, Claw Hammer. Claw like, you know Yeah. <laughs> <Clawhammer. laughs> Just these really like pathetic bands like trying for any sort of legitimacy, you know. Like we're a real band, you know. We put in our time,
0: you know. Uh, <laughs> Part of me thought at first like maybe this is like some ironic thing, but it, but it's not. It wasn't really meant to be ironic that they were like some fabricated bands. Like I don't think that was the intention of this thing. No, 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 not at all. I completely agree with you. Um,
1: but this, man, this, this segment takes forever to get going, and it doesn't, once it gets going, it just sort of
0: plays out as, like, very just underwhelming and generic. Yeah, and and by the, by the time things get cracking, I'm, I've already, like, started looking at my phone and, and checking my watch and, like, uh, you know, look, looking for, uh, you know, something else to think about instead of watch this movie
1: yeah like i'm on DoorDash. i'm like do i want torchy's tacos again <laughs> tex-mex you know maybe barbecue oh, barbecue's not really good for delivery <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> yeah yeah
0: like, no, that was the same mindset I, I, I had too man during this one
1: yeah man It just it, these kids are all annoying you, you really it really takes its time setting this whole stupid thing up they basically go to an abandoned no, spoilers they go to an abandoned building and where this band uh, with the electronic press kit, had a disastrous show. Everyone died, and you know now they're, uh, I guess, uh, zombies or something. Other yeah. ghosts. I, I, I didn't really catch quite what they were, and I didn't care.
0: Well, they were yeah, definitely un, they were undead. Let's say that. Undead, sure. Yeah. And
1: it's hard to make out what's going on at any given moment uh, once they get into the building. Like I, it's a found footage trope. I really, really hate um this wasn't so much shaky cam as it just looked like absolute shit yeah and i maybe you know obviously it's a budget thing they don't have a lot of money to make these and they're just using the 90s crappy quality
0: to kind of mask that but uh this one just did not work for me at all me neither man also the name of the band was called bitch cat
1: yeah (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, i had that written down like Again, like, dude like, is so inauthentic. Uh, like, abandoned Bitch Cat. That's it's just fucking absurd. But then again, Mike, in Boston, we had a band, and there was a band called Gangster Bitch Barbie I used to see flyers for. I don't know if you remember that. Of
0: course I do, man. It's such an unforgettable yeah.
1: name. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I feel like we would always clown on those bands we'd see on flyers, like Gangster Bitch Barbie and Feces PCs or whatever. <laughs> like, yeah. This is bad local rock bands.
0: Also, like, by 99, I feel like Kid Rock and Corn and all that stuff was really starting to take over, you know?
1: Yeah, totally. Like, this felt more like 19, you know, mid-90s to,
0: to me. Yeah. And and, like, and even then, it's like an all-girl band, like, preaching that kind of message, I think, would be more in, like, this kind of Olympia Washington, like, Riot Girl kind of vibe, you know? yeah yeah exactly and that
1: speaks to your comment about this being very inauthentic people who did not like live in this world and if you weren't involved in it it's very hard to i would say to translate that to film and get it completely right that's true yeah so we start this new vhs out with a fucking absolute dud and at this point i'm confused i was like wait what was that fucking toy soldier thing
0: (laughs) Um, yeah, definitely off to a slow start. And then the next one up is Suicide Bid, uh, written and Mm. directed by Johan Roberts. Okay. And, uh, this one, uh, starts off with, um, a a girl, a young lady she's in college. You have the sense that her and her roommate are kind of like, you know, they're they're not the most popular ladies in, in, on campus. And there's this, um, you know, uh, sorority of basic bitches basically (laughs) that are are popular they're all very much they're taller than her I don't know if you picked up on how how their stature was uh was shown to be different you know yeah actually I did notice that and um and and they're trying to you know it's that rush season for us for sororities and fraternities something I don't know much about actually because I was never in Uh, I was never I, I, I didn't go Greek in, uh, in college <laughs> Yeah, that's a whole culture I, I don't know
1: a goddamn thing about.
0: Yeah yeah it seems like really weird and sort of fascistic to me so I didn't I didn't want anything to do with that stuff. Sure agreed. Um, you know despite everyone involved every
1: single character in this story is, is completely stupid every single one. Down to like the cop that you don't even see on screen, you just hear him. Despite that, I liked the story. It was a huge improvement over the first one, and fairly straightforward but uh,
0: effective. Yeah, this one rated higher because it had like um there was there was like a a very uh, classic horror trope really like not not classic and like universal monsters but like there was like a. Uh, It was this could almost have been if it was better written, like a Stephen King story or something like that. You know what I mean?
1: Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I I agree with you uh, that it could definitely be better written. Um, But yeah, I mean, Buried Alive is a classic horror trope and something I think is a, a universal fear amongst probably everyone has that fear or like, you know, that thought gets under their skin and you're in the coffin with them anytime you see something like that you know um that said, I wrote down in my notes this is the biggest coffin ever <laughs> like, a lot of space down there <laughs> you know what I mean like you didn't really feel the claustrophobia
0: no and and uh i I you know in the last couple of years I've had it's quite a bit of coffins and um yeah, there's not really a lot of room in a in a casket really for any of these accouterments that were brought down there with her. Yeah, I feel like she could like easily like get onto
1: her stomach and and, and you know push herself up and break the uh, the top of the coffin or something like that. It's too much. There's a lot of space, which I, I thought you
0: know it didn't really
1: you know drive me crazy or anything. It's just an observation. You know they probably
0: had to do that to fit cameras and shit in there. Yeah. Um, well, well, to actually, to real quick, to the reason why she's in this coffin is because there's a, to get into the sorority, she has to spend a night in the coffin, and they tell her this whole legend about um, like a, a past sister that uh, you know this this area is like haunted by this um, ghost, essentially, and uh, right. so they have to bury her alive, and yeah, it kind of goes from there.
1: Yeah, I got.
0: I gotta say, this annoyed me too. Uh,
1: when they're telling her the story, I kind of hate the way they were like telling her. Where one girl would say one line, and then another girl would say another line. No one speaks like that.
0: No, and and that's. See, the thing is though, it's like sometimes, like when it's done well, when there's the dialogue is completely not realistic, and it's they go hard in that direction. I kind of like that. I like dialogue like that sometimes. But this one is mm. just poorly written. I thought.
1: Yeah, it is poorly
0: written and you know like
1: they're they're like it starts raining and that is essentially like the undoing of this poor woman in the coffin where the and the cops show up and the girls run away
0: screaming and for some reason don't come back for like another like 8 hours. Did you get the sense for a minute that maybe they were actually witches and there there was some kind of supernatural like they were part of this like, you know, maybe sacrifice or something like that?
1: Yeah, actually, yes. I thought that's where they were going.
0: Yeah, me too. Uh, when they were like
1: dancing in the rain and everything, and you know, like I said, the way they were like talking to the girl, where one girl would complete the other girl's sentence and things like that, I'm like, oh, this is a coven thing. That's what that's what's going on. But uh, that wasn't that at all. They were just, like you said, basic
0: bitches with fucking <laughs> combined IQ of like twenty. Yeah. You know, uh, just you know, no no offense out there to uh, basic bitches. If you're listening to them. anyone out there, yeah. who's a basic bitch. You know, there's room. Yeah, for
1: if Coldplay, if Coldplay is your favorite band, it's okay.
0: Cole, I think I think Coldplay is running a sale with. Um, if you buy a copy of anything from their catalog, they issue you either a pumpkin spice latte or a, or a pair of Dockers to wear <laughs> and a Foo Fighters t shirt <laughs> at a discount. <laughs> bargain bargain Foo Fighters t-shirt so yeah yeah so go go check that out basic people and you'll get a, um, you'll get a cameo
1: with Dave Grohl so yeah okay yeah 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 and he'll be wearing a Slayer shirt because he's such a badass <laughs> uh, <laughs> clown um you know all, all of the negatives aside though I thought this was pretty effective it's like it, it was fun the box of spiders was a nice touch I actually wanted to ask you do you think those are real spiders because they
0: looked real to me if they were then how would this this just i i got i get so much more respect for the people who made this that they're actually using spider using real spiders yeah (laughs) but i doubt that they were though they were probably some kind of like you know like i don't know cgi like thing but they didn't really look like cgi i don't know no the one crawling on her face might have looked fake but when she first opened up that box
1: those moved like real spiders um to me i i don't know i i should have looked into it more but uh, i can don't do my research um but it was a nice touch and then the monster i thought was really cool like you know the the effects in these things tend to be kind of bad I thought this was looked practical and and scary and just kind of added more to like you know the, the whole thought of being buried alive and you're buried alive and there's also something in there with you uh that's a scary idea and this is one I felt like could have easily been like 10 minutes longer with like a better script, better dialogue would have been a, a, a fully realized, but instead it was just, yeah, that was, that was cool.
0: Yeah. This one is definitely like the closest one to being enjoyable for me. You know, it's, um, I, I, I found myself kind of interested in this one, whereas some of the other ones I just really lost, like, you know, complete. Yeah. Sure. And, you know, again, this kind of comes to
1: an abrupt ending. Uh, you know, I got a real creep show Tales from the Crypt kind of vibe from this. I think, you know, with like another pass and script or something, you could have had something on that level.
0: I agree. I think um, I think this one definitely potentially could have been much better, but still wasn't that bad.
1: Yeah. No. Yeah. No. Like, obviously, things to criticize, but, you know, enjoyable and. My interest perked up with with this one because after the first one, I was like, all right, well, I got another hour and a half of bullshit coming my way, I guess. So, nice surprise that it it perked up with this one.
0: The next one, Ozzy's Dungeon, which is Mm -hmm. the Flying Lotus one, was, to me, like almost unwatchable, really. Oh, well, this would be interesting. This was my favorite episode. Really? Oh, man. Yeah, I. Um, so you take take the again, take like, the wheel on this one, man. I want to hear what you have to say. <laughs> uh,
1: well, I really enjoyed the uh, comedic aspects. This is obviously going more for comedy than it is for scares. Um, uh, I like the the lead actor's name escapes me, but it was driving me crazy where I knew him from, and then I realized uh, he's the voice of Trevor in Grand Theft Auto Five, oh, wow. a very popular video game that I'm sure someone listening has played uh i don't play a lot of video games but you know I, I i played that one it's a lot of fun and uh his performance in the in the game is is quite good as this fucking meffed out desert dwelling lunatic um and he's fun in this obviously you know i i get kind of a guar vibe from this whole from this whole short did you
0: yeah sure um yeah, because there's like a lot of props, you know, a lot of like kind of gross out style, you know, humor. Um, you know, yeah, kind he's of,
1: playing this like sleazy piece of shit. Like, yeah. I know like, like, Guar has that character. Yeah, their, man, their manager, manager
0: Sleazy P. Martino. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah he totally seems like, you know, based on that. Like, he's got like the same look and everything. Um, mm-hmm. I just found it funny, like, this whole idea of a deranged kid show. Yeah. <laughs> um, really uh you know just spoke to me where like like it's not safe at all kids are getting like brutally hurt and legs snapped uh the the host clearly is like doesn't give a shit about him like bumping kids out of the way and they have to do these degrading things Like, can't catch a rack of ribs or something in their mouths like
0: just impossible tasks well the, the ultimate one is where they're going through they're you basically are a piece of shit Uh, passing through the digestive system of this, like, out of the, you know, large intestine. Uh, And that's kind of like the game. You know what I mean? Right.
1: Yeah. And uh, it was obviously (laughs) sort of making fun of shows like Double Dare. uh, That was on Nickelodeon, I'm sure. I mean, you're a bit older than me, but I don't know if you ever watched that stuff when you were a kid. I didn't watch it. I didn't think so. Yeah. Which also... This is supposed to be 1999. I thought that was a weird thing. I was like, by the 99, this stuff was sort of not really a thing anymore. I think. I could be wrong. Yeah. Uh, Maybe because I was grown up and didn't, you know, watch Nickelodeon or anything like that. But it it seemed like a weird thing to have take place in 99.
0: Yeah. Maybe this would have been better uh, VHS 90s, (laughs) you know? yeah exactly made like a looser yeah I agree because like it didn't
1: really have much to do in 1999 until the last story you know which was yeah uh, a YGk something that was on everyone's mind back then but um I don't know I kind of enjoyed this one it knew what it was it knew this was like more comedic um I thought the idea of like you know if you if you're a kid and you win when the the course you get a wish grant if you go through this tunnel and you get your wish granted and no one's ever won
0: uh,
1: go, yeah, creepy you go, you, cool
0: you go through the, the yeah. intestines of some beast and, and exit yeah. through the anus and that's that's how you win. yeah yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah
1: um it was funny i thought it was a cool idea again i don't think this is the most well executed thing i it just it's got a few few problems but the tone is fairly consistent throughout this one of like this is played for laughs and uh it's basically the story you know a, a girl comes from detroit <laughs> the host mocks her <laughs> oh what you can't afford to fly you fucking drove you know um and she loses she breaks her leg really brutally uh it's a nice effect um and so her family kidnaps the, the host of the show and makes him go through the course which i again i thought was gonna be like the whole thing but then he ends up taking him to the abandoned set of where the show took place, and you realize it's some sort of beast that that grants wishes, and that's why no one they made the made it so hard that no one could ever win. Because it was real. It was a
0: supernatural being. That was the only part I thought was cool was that there is some otherworldly creature that lives in the bowels of this like uh, you know, um you know, facility. You know what I mean? Yeah. But but it's just the whole thing the the way everything was connected just didn't really work for me, you know?
1: Sure, yeah, it's a, you know, maybe like a more like,
0: I I don't know if a serious version of
1: this would have worked, but it could have gradually ramped it up like by the time, you know, uh, they get to the cave and you see everything. I mean, like again, it's all sort of played for laughs and you realize that the girl's wishes was just more sinister than, than you expected. Uh, which I thought was a nice touch, and yeah, this one totally worked for me. It was a lot of fun. It was funny. Um, the performance from the lead actor was was great. He, he he knew what he was in, and he got it just right.
0: Yeah, I kind of so think it was, like, it was a hit for me. I kind of feel like uh, if the the way that this could have been done. I mean, you know, I'm trying, I don't, I don't want to be like, you know, the way I would have did it, but I think that if you had approached it more like, uh, like Stephen King running man or something like that, you know what I mean? Like, sure. there's like yeah, I, the whole thing, just, uh, the production of it. And I know this is like a low budget thing, but people have done awesome stuff with no money. And this whole thing just felt like, I don't know, just, I just wasn't into it.
1: Yeah, well, it does look like shit, uh, but in, in its defense, <laughs> they all kind of look like shit. This is true. Yeah. yeah, and I don't think it matches with the time either. I mean, 99, I think that's right when digital sort of cameras and everything like that were, were coming out and starting to become like the standard.
0: Am I wrong in thinking that? Uh, maybe, that I'm unclear on. Okay,
1: yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely feel like things looked better than this by 99. Maybe, you know, uh, so uh, I think them trying to pull you do that because of budget restraints and it's, it's a little bit of a, a stretch for me, even though I could be completely wrong. Uh, as far as I know, Flying Lotus is no filmmaking experience. Maybe he did <laughs> some video, but, still, you know, for someone who's not a professional filmmaker or whatever, like, I thought he did a good job. He got the tone right, like consistent, and good performances, funny idea. It's
0: a thumbs up for me on that
1: one. Fuck that. No, man, you're wrong.
0: (laughs) Nah, for me, you know. Yeah. Um, Sure. That brings us to the wraparound Gawker's, okay? And uh, this is you didn't you didn't see this connected to the Army Man thing? No, no. And
1: that speaks more to me, probably just not fucking paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> probably. Man. Uh- be- because I wrote down, like, it was like, OK, this should have been the first story because it, it's what a first story in an anthology should be. It's not the best. It's a little slight. Uh, you know, you, you meet these kids and then, you know, something bad happens. The end. Move on to the next one. Uh, Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, Well, all right. So we we mentioned this uh, wraparound with these army men, you know, and they're 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 World War Two army men doing like you know heinous things, like you know war crimes to each other and stuff like that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It was funny. It was just it was funny. I, I was like, this this is like definitely funny, you know, like darkly humorous. And then yeah. We come after um, after the Aussies dungeon thing ends up. We see these two, uh, a German and an American soldier, uh, embracing each other. <laughs> you know, like the, the toys, basically. These little army men. Yeah. And then the, the older brother walks in. He's like, what are you doing with my stuff? Or whatever. And it turns out to be that's what this kid was playing around with, like, these army soldiers, these toys. And then we were introduced to a group of young men. And they're, you know... I feel like these guys are kind of typical 90s teenagers in a lot of ways. You know, they're into, like, skateboarding, oh. you know, like yeah. look, looking at their neighbors, you know, checking out girls at the pool, doing stupid shit to each other, like, that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? So, I – yeah, that was, like, pretty much, like, okay, cool. I get it. You know, it's – these are, like, young, derelict kids, you know?
1: Yeah, sure. Not, not too different from my group of friends. You exactly. Know, you, you know, like – yeah. to recognize myself in these kids for for sure i mean i wasn't keeping up girls skirts or anything like that but we were fucking fuck ups degenerates you know just doing gnarly shit to amuse ourselves you know i i got it
0: wasn't that a thing remember there was like that was kind of like a thing maybe like in vice or some magazine where these guys would take photographs of like up up girl skirts like that was like this thing for a while
1: yeah yeah, I think so. That sounds that that rings true to my ears. Anyway, I know like I think you know revenge. That was the beginning of like revenge porn or or whatever. Like you know before there was like you know porn tubes all
0: over the internet. Uh, you know there was shit like that. Yeah. But that funny thing in this one, the guy fails at doing it though.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they spend all this time to like make a hidden camera and everything, <laughs> and She's they like, get caught right away. Yeah. Is that a
0: camera? <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, that was funny. Like that aspect of this story works more for me than like you know the the supernatural stuff. And, and and now that I know that it's the wraparound story, you kind of expect it to be like a little bit more epic than it is. It's just sort of a great setup, and then uh, you know just sort of like a weak punchline.
0: So, so the real uh, crux of this story is these guys have a neighbor, and she's this uh, attractive blonde lady who lives across the you know the street from them, and yeah. uh, you know they're trying to figure out a way to you know they're watching all these uh, delivery guys like freak out about how hot she is and all this kind of stuff, and they have a, a brother who's you know like a computer guy, like he's doesn't want to hang out with the older guys, you know, but they're, he's not cool enough for them, and then yeah. She uh, has a webcam. They see a delivery guy delivering a webcam to her. And the younger brother is out on his rollerblades. Right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Which I yeah. thought was hysterical. Like, he's like yeah, such a, nice. he, he's just like this uncoordinated guy. Like he's harmless, <laughs> you know, not, not the coolest dude there is. And then she sees him and he's like falling all over himself and he can't stand up. And I don't I thought that was actually pretty funny. She takes, I did too,
1: That
0: yeah. She kinda takes pity on him, you know what I mean? Yeah. So um and then he comes back to the house and he he's like, Oh, I you know, I I agreed to help her set up her webcam. You know, and they're just like, What? You you gotta set this up so that we can watch her on our computers through the through her webcam. He's like, Can you do something yeah. like that? And he's like, Yeah, I think so. So <laughs> He has a little bit of remorse, too. And he's, like, the only guy that has any real moral, moral you know, morals. Because he's like, oh, yeah. Yeah, I feel like I'm betraying her trust and all this stuff. And they're just like, come on, man. You want to hang out with us? Like, you got you know, be a man and go over there and fucking sp- let's help us spy on her, basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, did, did you get like an 80s vibe from this one? Because that's what I was thinking watching it, you know, like Revenge of the Nerds, uh, Fright yeah. Night. Sure, definitely. You know, you know like, yeah, the hot
0: part. neighbor. Yeah. You know, hopefully you'll see some kids, you know, it's such a like, teenager thing. Well, that was definitely uh, 80s. An, 80s, an 80s thing. And the funny thing that you mentioned that is we're looking at those guys are like not cool, like in by today's standards, you know? Right. Yeah. Back, in, back in the 80s, they would be heroes for thinking up something like that
1: oh yeah god absolutely
0: you know, <laughs> like in the 80s the... <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah it would be like oh
0: why, why did i think of that you know it's like being able to spy on women and stuff like that like without you know like watching them get take their clothes off without them knowing was like a, that was what the hero did in the 80s movies
1: yeah it's like the plot of so many movies
0: yeah porkies revenge of the nerds <laughs> all that kind of stuff
1: yeah like no one you know, even like, a movie like American Pie, which I think was a 90s movie, you know, you got the, the, everyone's watching this kid fuck, try to fuck this girl and naked girl on a webcam. Like if that came out today, they they'd be crucified for it. And probably rightfully so. It's a little creepy. But back then, no one really thought twice about it.
0: Dude, one of the creepiest moments in an 80s movie, and I even felt this when I saw this when I was a young kid and I saw this, was in 16 Candles. Okay.
1: There's a lot wrong with that movie. Yeah.
0: Uh, the the what's his name there? Farmer Ted, the uh, uh, Michael Anthony Hall. Is that his name? Yeah, that yeah. guy. Right. Evil
1: Dies Tonight himself.
0: Yeah, Evil Dies Tonight Hall. Yeah. That guy. So he's in a car with a, a really like one of the one of the uh, popular girls, and she's drunk, and. It's in It basically rapes her (laughs) while she's, like, drunk and passed out. And he's like, you know, did we, uh, you know, what I think we did last night? And she's like, yeah, I think so. And it's like, was I okay? And I was just like, my God. Even then, I was kind of cringing. Even as, like, a whatever, like, 15, 16-year-old kid, I was like, man, that's not cool to do that stuff, you know? And it was like, now, when you look back on all that stuff, it's like, damn, that's, like, dark, man.
1: Oh, totally, man. I remember watching The Breakfast Club where uh, Judd Nelson's character is hiding under the desk and sees, like, you know, the girl's panties and, you know, goes in and, like, I think it, it implies that he bit her or is, like, you know, fucking playing with her or whatever. And I, I, I do, yeah, I remember thinking, I was like, you know, I was 10, so I was kind of confused by the whole thing. But, like, I remember thinking, like, oh, he attacked her. That's yeah, That's a little, yeah. Absolutely. Didn't, didn't say, well, me at a young age, I'm not tooting my own horn. I'm just being honest.
0: Yes, yeah. but um, now it's like clearly, yeah. clearly, these guys ha- are 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 not conducting themselves the right way. And oh yeah, clearly. And and the message gets meted out. So it turns out that you know the brother who has some sort of scruples about it is like, I think I'm betraying her trust, and they're just like, no, go ahead yes. and do it. He successfully creates some data link <laughs> between her webcam and their computer and they start seeing her uh you know take her clothes off at first but then she transforms into a gorgon and yeah then she realizes she's being uh you know spied on and she just takes her revenge out on on these guys yeah and that's sort of my big problem with it and that's
1: you know boom that's it end of story uh all this like cool build up and characterization and then she just sort of like either slaughters them or turns into stone and uh I, I don't know i just thought again i know these are shorts and you got to wrap it up quickly but uh, i just felt there was a little bit more to this one you know like uh like we said some of these would have played out better as, as like films like You know, you take this one and do, like, an 80s throwback, and I think it would be a a great movie with a supernatural twist.
0: I I partially agree with you. Like, on one hand, it's like, where else do you really go with it? You know what I mean? Maybe you have to, like, build up the characterization or something like that. I I was actually having fun watching this movie just because the kids were such jackasses, you know? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) um, yeah. And I'm like, man, these, you know, like, this stuff's pretty funny, you know? But then the uh i i was uh the choice of making it a gorgon i thought was interesting but not something i think really i guess if you wanted to wrap the story up real quick that's a way of doing it but i i just think that decision was kind of whack in my opinion
1: yeah maybe it could have been integrated more like you know oh our neighbor's hot oh maybe there's something up with her we found the snake skin you know uh something mean, because they do find snake skin and they don't even think twice about it. But again, I think you would need need more time to develop that story.
0: And like you said, that you know it had to be wrapped up pretty quick. But you know, the theme here is poor writing, in my opinion. You know. Yes. That's like the overarching theme in this entry. And uh, you know, it's like okay, budget. You're given a certain amount of time. I don't think that should prevent you from making a a, a good movie. Look look at Benson and Moorhead. You know? Sure. I mean, or Joe Bigos. If I, or Joe Bigos. If I, if I handed those guys like a phone, they would be able to make a fucking movie. You know what I mean? Just with their iPhones. Totally. Right. And it would be awesome. So, you know, that's why totally that agree. stuff. Like having to have disclaimers about, oh, well, we only had certain amount of money to do it. I'm like, not, not today, dude. You know what I mean? Sure.
1: Yeah. And like you know, I've been saying a lot of these work better as features. You can. Tell a great story in,
0: in in twenty minutes it it can be done yeah yeah no, totally you know uh so um, well the last entry is uh to hell and back all right and you, <sighs> yeah and you were you were mentioning that this is um on the eve of y two k so this is new year's eve nineteen ninety nine and there, i know there's probably a contingency of uh you young young kids out there that probably were born after 1999 but <laughs> Jeff and I sure. remember very much the build-up to this the the uh, turn of the millennium and the, the anxiety that everyone had about it so this is this is cool that this is uh this is one of the things that was included in this yeah man I think you and I were both living in the Mission
1: Hill District of Boston around that time, right of that time I remember right that's were, right were, yeah, were, yeah. Were you still there yep it was right around that time Yeah. um yeah, it was a fear that was, I mean, it wasn't at the front of my mind. I never really thought it was going to be the end of the world, but uh, you know, I was smoking a lot of pod back then and pretty stupid, so maybe I did. I, I can't quite remember, <laughs> but it was an it was an anxiety, what's going to happen, and you know, uh, I, I was really waiting for them to tackle this. I was like, well, if they're doing the ninety nine, it's going to have to be centered around Y2K or something, and the. It really didn't play a part until this story. And then even then it doesn't really play into the story much at all.
0: Yeah. It's like, um, th- this didn't necessarily have to be presented in 1999, this story, you know what I mean? It's like, right. Yeah. It, that's it, what I meant. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, it could have, that wasn't the, the, the main, the main, uh, you know, uh, crux of this story that it's, it's it's not about y2k it's not about any of that anxiety it's about that this night was a night that they had to do a uh this ritual to have someone possessed by a demon basically you know and, right and yeah so i'm interested that right there that's kind of yes. cool that's an interesting yes. thing for me you know i think that i'm i'm a fan of that type of horror you know me too stuff with like satanic you know stuff and witchcraft and possessions and rituals like all that stuff influenced you know it's very much interesting to me so yeah yeah uh and then it takes a turn Pretty quickly. yeah there's these two guys that <laughs> it's like they're filming it I guess to document this thing is that why yeah, they're filming it sure. I kind of forgot why I, I they guess were.
1: so yeah yeah I, I, yeah I, you know I kind of uh, abandoned even thinking about that watching these sound footage movies now because it's just, you know, absurd that anyone w- would be documenting something like this, you know, secret society shit, you yeah. know, but, you know,
0: whatever. Yeah. The fact that it's a secret society means that they don't want to have any evidence of anything that they've done. You know what I mean? Right. So they're exactly. not going to have like yeah. a whole movie of like this ritual that's going to like embody like a demon in human form. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Um
1: Yeah, this one, man, I got to say, this seems to be one of the more popular entries or some people's favorites, uh, just from what I've read. And uh, this one didn't really work for me at all. It kind of took a cool idea and, again, played up the uh, comedic aspect of it, Um, which I I don't know. I I just didn't speak to my taste for this particular story. Uh, you know, I, I praised one of the stories for getting the tone, the comedic tone right. But here, like something a little bit more serious, I just think would have gone a long way. Instead, you're spending like these guys got these guys accidentally get sent back to hell with their video camera who, that works in hell for some reason, um, and they got like five minutes to to find the, this demon and attach themselves to him and get back to the real world. And it's mostly
0: played for laughs. Yeah, you know, Man. and and they meet uh, Mabel. This, uh, you know, I guess she's a, she's a demon too down there, you know. She's... Yeah,
1: I was going to ask, what the hell was she
0: like? Human, demon? You know, she speaks in these this different
1: sort of dialect. She's probably been in hell forever, but she, she, I don't know. Well, like,
0: was... I, you, this is a this is probably random, but have you ever read the demon in the DC comics with e- Etrigan? The uh... no, <laughs> <Okay>. no, <laughs> I i mean I, etrigan originally appeared in a swamp thing in the 80s and then dc okay. comics gave him his own uh series and he kind of spoke like that you know what i mean <laughs> that's like okay it reminded yeah. me of etrigan or something like that but it was like not really like that i mean I, I don't know i don't know what she was she was a lesser demon maybe i don't know
1: it was a it to me she seemed like a, a scavenger just like someone who was in hell and trying to survive and and uh hadn't aged or something it was a very theatrical sort of performance you know which you know i guess it fits the tone of what they're doing it's kind of goofy and tongue-in-cheek and these guys are in hell they're not really terrified they're more annoyed you know like oh
0: what the hell oh, it's weird well maybe, maybe uh, she's not yeah maybe she's not a demon she's just like a denizen of hell you know what i mean yeah like she's just like she's a, not an inhabitant of hell yeah, like a yeah cave dweller of of
1: hell, like someone or, who ended up there, like these guys did by accident or, or something.
0: maybe she's a lost soul. Yeah, maybe. You no, know, like like um, you know, she had a, a you know a, lived a very bad life. You know, did evil things, and was cast yeah. into the abyss. You know. Yeah. For eternal damnation, sure. that could have been what she was there for. Which means that I guess I'm leading up to that. Is like I thought Mabel was cool. Like I I would like to know know Mabel in my personal life. <laughs> so, <laughs> I think I've known a few Mabels in my day. Yeah. Like it'd be cool if she came to Earth. You know what I mean? At some point, you know. Yeah.
1: Uh, yeah. Yeah. They could have done something mm-hmm. more with her character, but in the end, she was just like, "Remember thy name." made but write it in the book or yeah or 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 whatever and uh yeah i mean i didn't like this one man uh i didn't like their movie did you see their movie on 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 shutter because i like that even less
0: everyone told me to avoid that one because of the fact that we didn't like that i you and i both gave dash cam like i gave i gave it a zero (laughs) so everyone was like everyone that had but people listeners to this show have like recommended that I don't watch that because of, I didn't like dash cam.
1: Well, I mean, it's not that bad. Dash cam is the worst movie I've ever seen in my life. Um, so it's not that bad, Okay, but it's, it's, it's obnoxious and annoying. And, and, uh, you know, I don't know why I didn't shut it off. I finished the fucking whole thing. Uh, but it was definitely one of those movies where like I checked out almost immediately. And, Pretty much hated the remaining hour and 20 minutes. Uh, the, the lead character is annoying, obnoxious. Uh, couldn't get into it at all. This is better than that. And I did not like this.
0: By the way, writ- I mean, written and directed by Vanessa and Joseph Winter. Yeah. yeah. So that's, that's who produced that other uh, film that you were, you were talking about. Right. Yeah, I think... Uh, the,
1: one of them is the star. The 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 guy is the star. Also of of uh, the film, the dead cam or whatever the fuck it's called, dead
0: stream. Think... Uh,
1: I think he might have been the star of this too. I think he was the one holding the camera. I
0: think. Oh, okay. Do you think they're uh, uh, they're brother and sister or husband and wife? <laughs> that's a good question. I'm gonna go with husband and wife. Okay. <laughs> you don't see a lot of brother sister duos. You just don't nah man i i was just curious i was like thinking about like do they you know because like it's it's odd almost odd that women take the name of their husband these days
1: yeah you know i guess it is so yeah don't you know.
0: don't see a lot of that anymore Which you know
1: it's fine with me i wouldn't curse anyone with my last name no. uh <laughs> uh well,
0: did Am I off base here? What do you think of this, man? I, I've been talking no, for a while. No, what do you, you think? I, I thought it was terrible, man. I didn't. I didn't like it either. I, the idea, like I said, like it was. It it's. It hooked me for a minute, and then I just was like, "You guys are fucking up, man. You guys are blowing it." You know. I, and that just speaks to the last
1: two entries in the VHS movies altogether, where they just shifted into more. Like comedic, whereas I thought the you know the first few two movies had had that element, of course, but like there were some ones that were very serious. You know, you have the Ty West one, which is just genuinely creepy and unsettling. And they just don't seem to be going for that at all anymore.
0: Well, you know, it, th- those are like even though at the time they were relatively unknown, they they were real filmmakers. You know, and sure. Yeah. the people that are made these things, I don't know. I mean, I'm probably going to be wrong. And these probably good people are all going to have like these very successful careers. But that speaks more about, I guess, the environment in which they're working in. You know what I mean? Because I just think that mm. like the other first three, definitely the first three VHSs, I thought had some pretty quality stuff in there. The first two were the best. The third was yeah. okay, you know. And the wraparound story for all the others I thought were fairly cool, like especially the one with with uh, the house we the to break into the house and have to, with the you know that, that one I thought was really interesting in, uh, yeah the first two wraparounds, even
1: though they' kind of like I, 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 I didn't really know where they were going with. It. they were yeah interesting. they were cool, a little creepy. They, they just didn't even bother with that this time and the wraparound story in the last one was really abysmal. Yeah, uh, were the cops were the villains or whatever the fuck oh, God. I, I don't
0: even remember yeah. yeah that that was like completely pointless and a waste of time in my opinion uh, I agree so I thought kind of getting rid of that this time around was, was a, you know
1: going with something different was, was cool but they didn't really do much with it like you say I didn't even catch it it was connected to uh, the gawkers or whatever uh, it, it just ended up being a big nothing as, as far as like you know, and they even wrap it around at the end with like a static shot of the kid. With his camera's still going, but he's stone or whatever. And, uh, you yeah, know, that was kind of cool, but like, I, I
0: don't know. It didn't go anywhere for me. Now, out of all these, which one do you rate being worthwhile? Like, which uh, one's be- I, your uh, favorite, for lack of a better term?
1: Yeah, I would go with Ozzy's Dungeon, like I mentioned, uh, and then The Gawkers. Yeah. And then Suicide Dead.
0: Yeah, I I think Suicide Bid's my favorite and the Gawkers and the rest are all at the same level of abysmalness, I think, except for maybe uh, Ozzy's Dungeon is like at the the sub-basement part of that, maybe. (laughs) Interesting. Yeah.
1: So overall, okay, so when we did VHS 94, I gave it a two and a half. I think you gave it maybe a three or two and a half. I think we were about the same yeah so what do you give v h s ninety nine
0: I give this one a two actually 'cause i i think uh i liked it less than the than the previous one, like overall, you know mm. yeah there's the uh the one uh timo should should chart to that guy the guy who made safe haven had had a piece on there, which was like yeah, you really like that one yeah, i mean that one was entertaining at least, you know what i mean yeah and uh, so that one did, bumps yeah. this up a little bit, but not enough to really make make it good, the overall thing good, you know? Right. I am going to give this uh, the lowest recommendation, the three. Um, oh, okay. I'm
1: done. I think it's an improvement. I mean, maybe I'm just being generous because when I think about the last one, there were two stories I really liked, which is the rat one and the the hillbilly hillbillies with a vampire again they it was play for laughs but and it worked it was See, that, funny. that was
0: a good that was good though that was like a good play for laughs I yeah
1: thought. yeah you know what no i'm gonna go two and a half <laughs> same as the other one <laughs> all right okay uh, um i mean it's fun it was it was a fun one the first story is abysmal and unwatchable uh the flying lotus one i thought was was great but the rest were just sort of eh, they, you know they were fine and this is uh maybe a fun watch on halloween night you got nothing else to do
0: but there, nothing at the level of, of the first two at all i think don't go out of your way to see this one but uh if you're out late one night and you're you had a couple pints you know or whatever <laughs> you're into uh and you yeah. want to come home and you're not quite ready to go to sleep put this on and you'll it'll put you to sleep so
1: yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. yeah. I, I agree with that. I know there's already another one that they either filmed or is filming. Uh, I, know,
0: I can't wait. They're... I can't
1: wait for that. <laughs> well, actually there was a name on there that I, I think maybe David Bruckner is, is doing a, a, a segment or someone. There was a name where I was like, Oh, I know that.
0: Bruck Bruckner no,
1: is, is batting like one for three with me right now. So yeah, so. he's kind of like, well, like, I think we mentioned in the Hellraiser episode, uh, I think The Ritual is okay. Yeah, I thought The Night House was okay. Ultimately being, ended up being a pretty stupid movie, but, you know, competent and watchable. Hellraiser oh. stunk. Uh, so I'm still really kind of on the fence. I, like I mentioned before, I think his directing style is just a little bit flat. I thought The Ritual could have been a modern classic. But instead, it's
0: it's okay. Well, that's the thing with the ritual, too. It's like, it's not even, I think the script was pretty solid with the ritual. Yeah. You know what I mean? I liked it a lot, actually. I I do, I liked his, I liked the film in general. I thought the ritual was actually really good. Mm -hmm. The the other two, no. The other two did not win me over, which leads me to believe that um, if he has a better script, maybe, he can do good things. Yeah. So that's, I'm still uh, out, out, yeah. you know, the jury's out on, on David Bruckner right now for me, at least. He seems like an odd choice for something like
1: this. You know, when you get like, you know, I was going to mention Benson and Moorhead. They actually Dude. have a segment in, in
0: three. All right. I think they do. Yeah. Interesting. It's not that good. Oh, well now, damn, if they put them on now, that would be yeah. the best one. They should, they should do a whole show a whole VHS, just those guys.
1: I think if you get like, you know, got Benson and Moorhead, Joe Begos, guys who do stuff on a low budget and do it really well, yeah, you know, I think you would have, you, you could turn this franchise around and get like get guys like that
0: to, to to make these films. Or these shorts. Or they just want to crank these out for uh, you know, to just put on, on streaming. You know, like just so they have content out.
1: Yeah, maybe. I mean, like, uh, you know, this is a you know, for those who don't know, this is produced by the website Bloody Disgusting. Am I, am I right? Or someone involved with Bloody Disgusting? So yeah, yeah, I think it, it has a, a,
0: it has their logo on it for sure. Right.
1: Which you know, obviously they they they, they care about the genre. Obviously, they do. Yeah. um And uh, I, so I, I, don't think they're trying to make these just like you know, cash grabs. I think there's a genuine passion behind it in there. I think it's cool they're giving an opportunity to less established filmmakers to you know get their name out there and you know I don't want to shit on these these movies too I I think like I said it, it's an okay watch it just you know
0: none of them really hit that high mark for me but they're not garbage but there has been a huge drop off though in quality Absolutely you know what yeah, I mean absolutely. and that, that that's when I'm I'm like complaining about that It's like if yeah. you know it's just to be able to get a piece on one of these things is a huge, like, thing for a filmmaker. You know what I mean? Sure, it's like, yeah. I mean, hell, the first couple, like, a lot of those guys became household names. You know, like Adam Wingard, you know, Ty West. You know, they became very, very uh, successful, prominent filmmakers. So we had if, Wingard's if, making, like,
1: $100 million movies now with fucking King Kong and all
0: that. Yeah, totally. So, if you... um. given an opportunity like this at least have you know try to have some quality control man you know and and like i said it's like the budget shouldn't limit your creativity really you know like i said i I just cited the the you know something in the dirt the benson and moorhead film it's like i mean that that, honestly someone they probably could have spent like five thousand dollars on that movie for all i know and just made it with equipment that they already owned yeah with no no, no crew no crew and they could have edited themselves You know, I don't I don't know the I don't know the budget or how much they spent on it or whatever. I mean, I mean, they probably had I mean, just because those guys are like flirting with mainstream right now, they probably had some kind of budget for it, but not much.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I cannot wait to see their new film. Uh, That's that's one I definitely got to see before I complete my my top five. Yeah,
0: no, totally. So that's so, it man. you'll be it's... another one
1: of these and we'll probably uh, we'll, we'll we'll talk about another one in probably another couple weeks certainly.
0: <laughs> it out like next week <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks All for right. listening, everyone and uh, you know enjoy. take care.